wonderful service on Wednesday night. It was a beautiful talk that God has, uh, was, had given to us on Wednesday night that shows us that the perfect church is an imperfect church. And it takes an imperfect church to produce a perfect overcomer. And uh, it sounds like a contradiction, right? But uh, that is why scripture tells us that uh, there needs be heresies in your midst. Jesus made a statement. He says, offenses must come. And so we in the church will have all kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties. But our Christian life cannot be lived if we do not have the negative circumstances around us to give us opportunity to live this Christian life. Amen? I was thinking tonight, um, thinking of Paul's writing to the church, churches of Galatia. And uh, we touched a little bit on Galatians on Wednesday night. Uh, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. And um, um, Brother Brother Vid's favorite, one of his favorite scriptures is found in John chapter 15, where Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Hold your finger in Galatians uh, chapter 1, and let's go back and look at this scripture in John chapter 15. Appreciate Sister uh, Cindy's testimony, and um, I've come to the place in life that I do not fight to defend myself, and she is absolutely right. If God has sent me, and uh, he is still using me, then you fighting with me, or you have a negative attitude, that's not good for you. And a lot of us have actually injured ourselves in uh, having disrespect or argumentative attitude with the pastor. Uh, you've actually injured yourself. It's best, like she said, you'd give good advice, sir. Cindy, you're almost like a psychologist. You're advising them to keep the mouth shut. Um, it's better not to speak than to speak things that would put you into trouble. Um, if a man uh, offend not in words, James made a statement. He said he is a perfect or a complete man. Over here in John, the 15th chapter, Jesus describes, John is writing and quoting, and if you notice, if you have a red-letter edition, there's a lot of things that Jesus is, uh, is, is speaking here from chapter 14, uh, going into chapter 15, and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful areas. But in chapter 15, he made a statement, and he says, I am the true vine. Uh, there are a lot of vines, but there's one true vine. He says, I am the true vine, and my father, and here is where he makes that distinction between himself and the father. See, the Father is all the time and will ever be greater than the Son. And the Son, Jesus, will all the time and forever be greater than the Bride. 
And so you must understand that. And so here he says, every branch in me, he says, the father, uh, I'm the vine. The father is the husbandman, the one that takes care of the, of the vine. He says, every branch that is attached to that vine, and I'm thinking he's talking about a grapevine. Every branch that's attached to that vine that uh, beareth not fruit, uh, the Father take it away. The Father take it away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he will purge you that you might bring forth more fruit. And it's, it's, it's um, important that we understand what fruit is here. Uh, because on Wednesday night we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. The Lord just don't want you to come past land and see and make proselytes. That's important. But the Lord wants us to produce from within uh, fruit of the Spirit, uh, Spirit of God manifested in our lifestyle. And it is not impossible to do that. I said we all have demonic activity working in our lives in different areas. Uh, some are stronger than other areas, but we all, every one of us, uh, the devil does not give up easily as long as you have your human nature and you have a depraved fallen flesh. Uh, the devil feeds on our fallen nature, uh, whether obnoxiously or beautifully. Uh, he can come in disguise and you will never be able to understand uh, his disguise. I thought about today when I was um, pondering on a few things, and I thought uh, a beautiful title for the devil, Satan in Disguise. See, Satan in Disguise could be a preacher. Satan in Disguise could be yourself looking at yourself in the mirror. And it's one thing to rebuke the devil, but when you rebuke the devil, does he listen to you? Do you have the authority to condemn him? Do you have the authority to rebuke him? Really and truly, it's our fallen nature that's the biggest problem. Our flesh, our carnal, human, depraved nature, that's the biggest problem that we have. And so here in John 15, Jesus says, he says, you're clean. Everybody, verse 3 together, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, not just spoken unto you, but when that word is incorporated in our lives, it's um, it's a part that becomes, uh, the, the word of God becomes a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Uh, when we can uh, walk in the counsel, not of the ungodly, but God's counsel daily, we will be like a tree planted by the river uh, of what rivers of water that bring it forth his fruit in his season so when the word of God uh, starts to work in your life when you listen to the word of God that's wonderful but you impl implement the word of God in your lives when I say pray more then when you go home you should make it a point of praying more because the word of God tells us to do that when it says be charitable, then you need to look for opportunity to be charitable. Uh, they, you see, the commandments of God cannot be lived or kept unless there is that negative force around us that gives us the opportunity to be long-suffering 
and to be tender and to be patient. Uh, you don't have to be patient if everyone in the church is perfect. If everyone that you deal with is perfect, you don't need to be patient because they're already wonderful people. If everyone in the church is your friend, then you how can you love your enemies? You see, for us to develop into being overcomers, uh, we must have that negative force warring with us. And um, Jesus himself had to learn uh, he had to learn obedience by the things he suffered. A certain element must come that's up, up opposing what you want to accomplish uh, to give you that opportunity to become obedient unto God. And that is why God in his, my, his wonderful plan has created this beautiful plan of salvation. And so Paul, uh, Jesus uh, continued talking here. He says, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. And that is why finding a proper church and finding the correct church is uh, important. But sitting down and opening your heart to the word of God and understanding the word of God is very important because if you don't understand it, how can you live it? Uh, we must end up living the word of God. Amen? And he goes on, he says, how do you do that? By abiding in Christ. The word is in you, but you're abiding in Christ. What does it mean? It means walking in the spirit. What does walking in the spirit mean? Uh, does it mean uh, that you go start speaking in tongues when you're walking? No. To walk in the spirit is simply the opposite of walking in the flesh. Uh, to walk in the flesh is to have a carnal mind. A mindset, when you think about just carnal things all the time. To walk in the spirit means that you give the spirit more room. And the spirit, we say spirit, but it's really Jesus. You know, we say spirit, but it's really, whose spirit? It's the spirit of Jesus. It's a, And so he says, if you abide in me, and I in you. See, chapter 14, he tells us about this day of Pentecost when they would fully understand what it means for when he says, I'm in the Father and the Father in me. He says, and the Father and I will come and make our abode with you. See, it's the Spirit of God that accomplishes this wonderful uh, thing that we're talking about here. Are you with me? All right. So if we back up a little to chapter 14, verse 4, chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, do what? Don't say, Lord, I love you. If you love him, keep his commandments. If you love him, keep his commandments. All right? Uh, and he goes on, he says, and if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father. He will ask the Father, and he shall give you another uh, advocate or not a comforter that he may abide with you forever. He says, I'm going to go to the Father. Isn't that how he started chapter 14? He says, I go uh, to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again to receive you. But he says, when you have this other comforter, like we looked at the scripture on Wednesday night, we have been given this comforter. Uh, it's there. The Holy Ghost is there for us. 
All things are given to us. All things are given to us for our maturity and perfection. You can't say, well, you know, I wish, I wish I had. No, no, no. It's already there. We need to pay the price. Uh, to, we need to make the detail, follow the demands and the requirements to get what God wants to, to offer to us. And here in verse 16, he says, I'll pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, and he, the comforter, uh, may abide with you forever. Even, who is the comforter? Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. And you see, the world, uh, you must understand this, the world that hated Jesus was not the ungodly world. It was ungodly, but it was the religious ungodly world that hated Jesus. And so the world cannot receive this spirit. And bear in mind, that is why it is important that if you're a part of this church, when you feed your mind, you don't just set a television and look at every television preacher they have out there. If you're still searching, then go search. But if you believe this is where God has brought you, like Sister Cindy was telling us tonight, then this is where uh, you need to drink waters out of your own fountain. Uh, you need to drink waters out of your own cistern. Uh, it is important that we understand that because there is a contrary spirit out there in the world that's not the spirit of God. And you see, this existed even in the days of Isaiah. When Isaiah says, find that scripture for me, where Isaiah says, you are covered with a covering, but it's not my spirit. He says, you cover with a covering. They thought they had a spirit, but they did not have the spirit. Like we have been recently reading in the Gospel of Luke. And so Jesus said, verse 17, even the spirit of truth in the world cannot cannot, not will not, cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, and he dwelleth with you, and shall be with you, in you. This Jesus that we are talking about here, the Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus. And when we receive the Holy Ghost, whatever we think Jesus would accomplish in our lives, that's what the Holy Ghost will accomplish. The Holy Ghost would not have you conduct yourself contrary to the way Jesus would conduct himself. Are you following me? All right. And so it says, the Lord says, I will not leave you com comfortless. Uh, I will come to you. You see, I thought you're sending the Holy Spirit. Yes, his spirit is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and Jesus is one and the same. Uh, it is his spirit. You see, I have a spirit, right? My spirit. If I get upset and you feel my spirit, somebody says, I feel your spirit. You understand what I mean? Because I get upset and I scream. And somebody says, you're screaming in your spirit. Well, Jesus has also a spirit and that spirit will come and dwell with us. You found that scripture? In Isaiah 30 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1. Flash it up for me if you can. Isaiah chapter 30. The Lord says, Woe to the rebellious spirit. See, the world is full of rebellion. And it says, hey, Woe to the rebellious spirit. Uh, uh, children, saith the Lord, uh, that take counsel, but not of me, 
that cover with a covering, but not my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. See, the covering that uh, the rebellious children had, they said, oh, we got a spirit. No, you don't. We got a spirit. No, you don't. The world cannot receive this spirit. But I see them speaking in tongues. Well, you know what? The Madras religion we came out of, they spoke in tongues. The devil speaks in tongues. Don't you think so? I remember that lady that we worked in the youth camp uh, when we were in youth camp in, in Haruruni. Was it Haruruni or Kurukuru? Uh, up in the jungles of Guyana. Uh, we had a youth camp and this woman came from, uh, she was came to the camp and she was possessed. That's a local native lady. Uh, just a local lady, she was possessed with a demon spirit that followed her, uh, that came and possessed her, came from England. And the demon says, where it traveled from? Her name, the name of that demon was Marlin Anita Cumberly. I was wondering if anybody remember. I remember the name. The lady says in a high British accent, my name is Marlin Anita Cumberley. And uh, we cast that demon out. You know, you got to cast demons out. And it spoke in all kinds of languages. It spoke in Chinese. You could tell it's Chinese. It spoke in something sounds like Spanish. All kinds of language. The devil knows all the languages of the world. But God told Israel, he says, you're covered with a covering, but not my spirit. And that is sad. If you think you got a Holy Ghost, then it's not the Holy Ghost. In Isaiah chapter 5, uh, there's a scripture that says in, um, let me see, I've got your finger all over the place because I'm trying to shoot for 8 o'clock here tonight. In Isaiah chapter 5, when Isaiah is writing about uh, these important elements, he says, uh, verse 13, uh, verse 11, Woe unto them that rise up early, and that they may follow strong drink. Uh, this strong drink is not liquor. Uh, that's bad too. But he says, they that rise up early and say, well, I'm seeking God today, and I'm going to get some studies done. Uh, it is sad when you wake up early and you follow spiritual strong drink, and you discover you don't even know it's false doctrine. And it says here, verse 13, Therefore my people are gone into captivity. Somebody says, well, I came out of Babylon. Praise the Lord, I'm out of Babylon. You might be back in Babylon and don't even know you are. Are you hearing? Coming out and saying you're out doesn't mean you're out. You can probably come out of Babylon, spiritually speaking, and get back into Babylon. You know why Israel took 40 years to get through the wilderness? They came out of Egypt in one day. But Egypt remained in their hearts. And every time they turn a little corner and you look like they're going to change, they got back into that old rut. And that is why every one of us need a deep inner conversion. Put light in your life and darkness would flee. We all need light in our lives. And so what you do when you need light in your lives, increase on your uh, number of Hollywood movies you watch. Get the tapes. But I love Ezekiel, and I love Isaiah, and I love Jeremiah. And then she said, Hosea said, I love him too. You know, you think about these areas. Put light in your life. Turn off the television.
Don't let the television be on more than the time you read the word of God. And you see, listening to the scriptures is wonderful, but reading it is better. See, listening, you're using one sense. When you read it, and you can say it, you can comprehend it. When you read the scripture aloud, you're seeing, and you're speaking, and you are listening, and the comprehension increases. That's right. Uh, the Bible, not American Express, don't leave home without it. Don't leave home without your Bible. Shall I carry a little black bag with me? I carry the Word of God. I, I sit down, have a coffee, and it's the Word of God. Just in case somebody want to see, ask me what I'm reading, it's the Word of God. And sooner or later, I wouldn't wait until they ask. I said, you want to come and hear something good? Take time off to spread the gospel. And so Isaiah says, uh, Woe unto, therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. They, they lack present truth. They lack the understanding of God. Not knowledge in the head, but knowledge in the heart. And it goes on here in verse, uh, verse 18, it says, verse 20, sorry, let me cut it short. Woe unto them. Woe unto anyone that calls evil good. That's dangerous. Listen to me. Woe unto anyone that calls evil good. If the devil transforms himself as an angel of light and comes in and stands in this pulpit and give you a wonderful message on prayer and fasting, no false doctrine, no false doctrine, beautiful lesson on prayer and fasting. If you call that good and couldn't discern that that was evil, it's the person presenting it that was the problem. Don't call the devil good. He is evil. Don't call darkness good. It is evil. And so every child of God can't just run around and feel like you know God so much that you can recognize the devil. He's been around longer than you and I. He's been around longer than so Solomon. He's been around longer than Samson. He's made fools out of men that thought they had everything. So don't ever feel you can come in here and recognize the devil. Watch out and pray. Have your senses exercised to discern good from evil. Don't be quick to make conclusions. Amen. And so uh, Isaiah went on. He says, Woe to them that call good evil and men of strength to mingle strong drink. You see, strong drink here and wine is symbolizing God's word. So the devil has ministers in the pulpit that would like to tell you that Jesus is charismatic. The devil, Brother John was telling us how important truth was tonight. Truth is important, will always be important. False doctrine comes from the devil. So don't accommodate it. False doctrine comes from the devil. 
Hamanes and Philetus do err teaching one false doctrine and have overthrown the faith of those that thought Hamanes was a good guy. See, they thought he was good. And when they put their spirit behind that, that's why the church at Ephesus was wise in that they sat back and weighed the lifestyle of the individuals that were involved. Not what they say, but their lives. And when the devil come to Jesus and says, turn stone into bread, nothing was wrong in turning stone into bread, but who is telling you to do it? If you can't recognize the devil in disguise, you got a problem. Because you might think it's God and it might really be the devil. And you might think that's not evil and it's really turned out to be evil. And so Isaiah tells them here, it says, Woe to them that, um, that, that are mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink. We justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous from him. See, by the time people are done, they make the righteous man uh, look like he got no righteousness. Truth is laid dead in the streets and false doctrine and uh, charismatic attitude and spirits take a hold of the world. That's where we are today. That's exactly where we are today. And so back here, and uh, where were we? In, in John 15, uh, Jesus made a statement here. He goes on, he says, abide in me. Uh, we finish with John 14. I did not even finish John 14. Uh, concerning the Holy Ghost at that day, verse 20, chapter 14, verse 20, at that day you shall know what day, the day of Pentecost. Verse, verse 20, at that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. What day? The day of Pentecost. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the Spirit of the Father and the Spirit of the Son. So it's the Father, even though the Father is still in heaven and the Son is at his right hand, the Father and the Son comes in to dwell in you when you receive the Holy Spirit. He says, verse 23, and Jesus, and, and uh, Jesus answered and said unto them, If any man love me and keep my, wor my words, my Father will love him, and we, we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Father and Son. That is why we need to pray more than ever. God, please give us your Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, it's the Father and the Son. Now, stop reading for a moment and listen to me. Here is somebody wanting the Holy Ghost. Right there, somebody standing up waiting for the Holy Ghost, right? And the Holy Ghost fills them. Well, the Spirit of the Father... And the spirit of the son just filled someone. Are you listening? Come on. The spirit of the father and the spirit of the son, God the father and God the son are in that individual. How do they act? You try to figure it out. They just got a Holy Ghost. How do they act? The Holy Ghost sounds like a ghost, sounds like a better term to use. No, no, no. They have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Father and the Son has just entered into someone's life and they're about to manifest the Father to the world. When it happened on the day of Pentecost, the cowards that were hiding, 
out and trying to spare their lives, got up and Peter stood up and with the eleven lifted up his voice. Not afraid anymore. You know why? Because the father and the son just came in and made their abode in, in, in Peter and the rest of the apostles and the, the saints gathered in the upper room. And that day, the devil had to back away and 3,000 souls came on into the church. 3,000 souls. So the devil just took off and ran away. Now he didn't. See, of those 3,000 souls coming in, maybe 200 probably were saved. The reason why the early church got bombarded and the field was so numb with terrors is because what was coming in undermined the faith of those that were there. That is why you and the church should not let Hollywood dictate your faith. You should not let your ungodly family dictate your faith. We should have a stability set up in our lives. Holiness must be a part of our lives right as we sit here in church and what's coming in would not change us. And when I'm a child of God and I have the Spirit of God, whether I'm here, I still have the Spirit of God. If I leave and go to Hamilton, I still have the Spirit of God. Does not change. Testimony must be maintained at all times. Well, I'm going to force you. No, if you have the Spirit, I don't have to tell you. Because the Father and the Son are there together. And it says, uh, it says, He that loveth uh, me, and, and keepeth, he that loveth me, not, keepeth not my saying, and the word which you hear uh, is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. These things have I spoken unto you that uh, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, verse 26, but the Comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. What a wonderful experience to have the Holy Ghost. And so in chapter 15, uh, Peter, uh, John is writing here in chapter 15, recording what Jesus said. He says, abide in me, verse 4, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. So how can I be able to produce love like Jesus has? How can I be able to have the patience like Jesus has? Uh, I must be able to abide in him, to walk in him, to dwell in him. I can't be bombarded as human beings. We are, uh, we, we, are, we are bombarded with so many things. But I must make sure that when my day is over, I've spent more time with my mind on God than my mind on the world. I don't get on my knees for two hours. But as long as I make a contact with God uh, one time in the morning, you understand what I'm saying? I can keep that contact with him. I can sing a chorus. I can let my heart rejoice. Amen. Keep that spirit. So I walk in the spirit. If I keep that relationship alive, I'm walking in the spirit and will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he says, uh, here is how we 
abide, he says, uh, if uh, I'm the vine and you are the branches, verse 5, he that abideth in me and I in him, the same will bear fruit, bring forth, will bring forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So the fruit of the Spirit will start to show your patience with individuals. When you're short-tempered, as you abide in Christ, it takes that away. When you talk, 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 talk nonsense, uh, when you abide in Christ, it, it, it reduces that. Uh, when you like to gossip, when you abide in Christ, it takes that away. Uh, it slowly starts to let Christ and the Spirit of Christ eliminate all these unnecessary fleshly carnal things out of your life. And that is why I believe we need an experience in church where they have the Holy Ghost come on in like it has never come on in before. And then it goes on here, he says, um, he says, if you abide in me, and he goes on to say the same thing again, abide in me and my words, my words abide in you, shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. That is because you'll be asking according to the will of God. And so back here, in, uh, further on in, in Galatians chapter 1, uh, Galatians chapter 1, I've got 10 minutes. Let's see how I can finish this uh, little talk with you here today. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul is writing to a church that he had already, churches, uh, to four churches. Can you all tell me? Can you remember? Antioch, Derby, Lystra, and Iconium. Iconium. All right, so Paul is writing to these churches because he was there not so long before, and by the time he was gone, the churches started to, uh, people started to get exalted, people started to uh, get their own ideas, and nobody wants leadership. See, the devil let you feel that as you get older, you don't need anybody to direct you. God's concept is that as you get older, you stretch forth your hand and let someone guide you. There's wisdom. There's strength in counsel. Amen. And that is why God has given us sometimes leadership that we don't like to lead. God has given leadership in everything, and if every, if, if every church... We, we must be able to pass everything. We can't just be independent operators. There's always wisdom in more than one council. And so, here in Galatians chapter 1, Paul is writing, and we will get into a certain area of this scripture only tonight. And I like how he starts here, and we've been looking at uh, starting of epistles recently. He says, Paul, an apostle, appointed on the day of Pentecost by the 120 that was gathered there. See, what the 120 did on the day of Pentecost was not a right thing. You mean you're condemning them? Yes, I am. Jesus said, go tarry and wait for the promise of the Father. He didn't say go vote in a new member in the body of Christ. He says, go tarry, go wait. My man, how long are you going to go? One day is gone already. Did the disciples like to pray? No, they did not like to pray. They're just like our church. Uh, we, they did, the more knowledge they had is the less they want to pray. 
So they didn't like to pray. You mean you're going to go there and just wait for 10 days? Wait before you, Lord? Let's do something. While Judas hang himself, we need a new apostle. Mankind cannot appoint an apostle. An apostle is appointed by Jesus himself and sent out. Are you following me? So Paul said, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Isn't that beautiful? He says, and all the brethren which are with me, he had a few brothers with him at that time, he didn't mention their names, but he says, all the brethren who are with me unto the churches of Galatia. <clears throat> he says, grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, together. Who gave himself, Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. He says Jesus died, delivered himself, he offered himself, he became a sacrifice for what purpose? That you and I and every child of God that claimed to be a Christian might be delivered. See, you only deliver someone who is held in captive, in captivity. You only deliver someone that's enslaved. Jesus died that he might deliver you and I from the spirit of this world. There's a spirit in this world that's operating out there and he died to free us from that. But whosoever will may come. He will not force you into doing that, but he has given to us everything we need for this great deliverance. And Paul says, he comes on here, he says to God, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise the Lord. And everybody says, wonderful. And then he gets to the real problem. He says, I am flabbergasted. I'm in awe. I'm astonished. I marvel that in such a short time that I'm gone from you, that you're deceived. See, Moses left Israel, brought them out of Egypt, left them there, and went up to the mountain to seek after God to come back and bless the people. He went up to the mountain and 40 days he was gone. And in 40 days Israel made themselves two golden calves. And worshipped in idolatry contrary to the commandments of God. Paul was gone just a short while from this this. Uh, this uh, these assemblies and he says I marvel that you are so soon removed 
from him, that's Jesus, that's Paul, that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. How fickle mankind is. See, I remember 43 years ago. 43 years ago when I came into this fellowship. I was told this is the body of Christ. 43 years ago. Walked into the 6th and Clinton Des Moines church. And I was astonished at the order and the discipline that existed in that assembly. The little boys would open doors. A young man would dress and walk with dignity. No one ran in the church. Elders stood up there and when a message is delivered, they stood up and watered that message. There was order in the church. The word of God was rich. That was when I was informed that no one had televisions in their homes. Sisters were all dressed properly. No one's knees showed or toes. You call it cult, knock yourself out. I loved it. That was what God brought me to. I was told in those days that false doctrine is of the devil. And that's why I still believe it. You see, I have not changed from the conviction that was in my heart 43 years ago. But I look at the world and I look at the church and I look at all over the place and the world has penetrated the church and fashions have come on in and holiness has been an is has gone into uh, has become obsolete. And the world has taken a hold of us. If ever God is to give me ten cities, my God, I would eliminate a lot of stuff. We wouldn't have malls. Hollywood would be completely abolished. Video games? No. I'll teach the boys to farm. Teach them to work. It'll be a different, it'll be holiness unto the Lord. You don't advertise Adidas or something else, it will be scriptures. That's what the Bible tells us. And so when you think about this, you can spurn, you can think it's a joke. It's not a joke. Because you'll sit in this church and listen to messages like this and turn your ears closed to it and you'll die lost. Your blood will not be required at my hand. And Paul said to this assembly, he said, you are so soon removed from him that called you 
into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there are some individuals that's running around perverting the gospel. Uh, it says, but though we, he says, let's see how big you got to be. He says, though we are an angel from where? From heaven. Preach any other gospel than that which we have preached. Let him be accursed. So when I'm thinking of where we're coming, I'm thinking, how can we ever come to that place of being able to, to bear fruit and to have more charity and more patience and more love of God? We can't have it if the world is in the church. We need more of the Spirit of God in the church. And that is why I love some of these songs that we're singing. And then we can go on into Galatians all through this book. But tonight, I just want to show you that in a matter of years, Lystra, Iconium, Derby, and Antioch were gone. Just a little insight. In chapter 3, Paul writes like this, and we'll go through this a little more tomorrow. But Paul writes like this in chapter 3. He says, Oh foolish Galatians. Oh foolish Galatians. Were they foolish when Paul left them? No. He says, Who had bewitched you? You know how many of us are bewitched? Because we fail to understand that the devil would like to undermine every true church of God. The devil would like to disguise himself as he destroys your soul. May God help us. He comes in chapter, in chapter, in chapter uh, four, he says, verse 11, he says, I'm afraid of you. He says, I'm afraid of you. Back up verse 10, he says, you observe days and months and times and years. He says, you got into this religious, what, what God has freed us from, you've gone back into rituals and practices. And I look at where we're coming from. You know, it was a bad thing back there. You, you pick on little things like Christmas trees and all this kind of stuff. But it's the small foxes. That spoil the vine. We're not heading towards the vision that Brother William Souders have. We're departing from it. See, the holiness that they had in those days of the of this fellowship, we have lost it. But that's not where our foundation is. The holiness they had in the early church, we have never really reached it. We need to pray that God would help us. We, you see what is happening today we are trying to fit into today's society because you don't want someone to think you're funny I can't fit in today, to today's society whether it's religious or otherwise and so Paul says I'm afraid lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain he says you know how through infirmity of the of the flesh verse 13 I preached the gospel unto you and my temptation which was in my flesh you despise not he says my little children verse 19 of whom I travail in birth again 
until Christ be formed in you. You know how Christ is going to be formed in you? By you eliminating the things of the world and fleshly things and let the Spirit of God take a hold of your life. Don't ignore what I'm telling you tonight. This is, there's so much to be said on this subject, but I feel that's where I'd leave it tonight. We have departed from the path that we started on 43 years ago. And I'm slowly trying to bring myself back in line and in harmony with what existed back there because I don't want to go back from where I came. I don't want the Lord to say you're back in captivity because if Babylon was a building, we'll recognize it. But the spirit of Babylon is in society. And may God help us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this time we spent in your house. We pray, Lord, as we hear these words that you would help us. It is our desire to follow thee and to live for thee. But, oh God, we can't do it in our flesh. For it's not by might, human might, human strength, or human power, but it's by your spirit. Please, O oh God, during these days that we are seeking thee and learn trying to find out more from your presence, may you fill us with your spirit, Father, in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.